Here is some free podcasting advice. If you want to start a podcast and record your own stuff, edit your own stuff, three things you shouldn't do. One, record when you're grumpy. Two, record when you're sick. And C, record when you just wake up and you have that morning voice. Over the last two weeks, I did all three of those things. And such, I have to re-record not only last week, but this week too. I recorded an entire episode this morning with a groggy voice. It was good. Like, I was still happy, but it was very groggy. <laughs> you know, it just, it wasn't pleasant. So, lesson learned. Unfortunately, I had to do it two weeks in a row, but got it out of the way. Now I know better. Do some vocal exercises. I don't know what those are. I'm not a, a singer, but I'm sure they're out there. You can probably Google it. I didn't. I just waited until it was a little bit later in the day. The kids were off to school, and I had some time to do it. All right. Well, what I already recorded, I kind of have to redo. So here's the topic today. The British. Am I right? No. British entertainment. We're going to talk about British TV shows, movies, what's good about them, why do they work so well, why are they so hilarious? Uh, why are there like why do they seem to be better than what we're producing over here where the budgets are way higher and then we're going to talk about the influence that british entertainment had on and still has continually on american entertainment and probably world over but i'm really just going between britain and america because honestly america has taken a lot from british entertainment so much so that everything you're basically watching is somehow influenced by that. Okay, so the reason I'm talking about this is because I've been watching some quiz shows lately. Now, there are game shows. We know game shows. We got you know, Price is Right. We got Wheel of Fortune. We got Jeopardy. We got Those are basically game shows. Jeopardy is more of a quiz show, which we'll get into that. But in Great Britain, London, England, all the, the whole Britain empire, they have quiz shows. And I guess Jeopardy could fall under that. It's basically a quiz show. It's it's knowing your um what what do you call that knowledge, <laughs> knowing your knowledge. Uh, you know it's it's facts and it's history and it's a bunch of different things. But quiz shows in Great Britain, for the most part, are extremely entertaining, because the quiz shows are hosted by somebody famous, that's most likely a comedian or a well-known funny actor contains other comedians and actors and people in the entertainment industry and in the news and all these things as panelists and is so lighthearted that it doesn't take itself too seriously. One show in particular that I've been watching a lot lately is called Would I Lie to You? It's hosted by an actor that you would probably recognize if you saw him. I couldn't tell you what he's been in, but I know I've seen him before. His name is Rob Brydon. And there's two teams, okay? Two teams. One team captain is named 
uh, David Mitchell. He's a British comedian. And then Lee Mack is the other one. He's also a British comedian. They're both very famous over there. Uh, you've probably seen them in some things. You probably couldn't place it unless you watch British stuff. Now, each team consists of three people. You have the, the leader, which is David Mitchell and Lee Mack. And then you have two guests who are comedians, people in the entertainment industry, people in the news industry, people that are famous. Okay. And basically, the premise is each of these people are given cards that they must read if they're selected of facts about them. Now, there could be true facts or there could be lies. They don't know what they're being given on that occasion, but about 50-50 usually, it's a fact. And it's something that has happened in their life, something that they have done, something that could be very embarrassing. It ends up being very, very funny. Regardless, it's very funny. And the other team has to determine whether or not what they're hearing is true or a lie. And through the whole process, you have them breaking down every detail. They're asking questions um, like, what were you wearing? Uh, what was the circumstance in, in which this happened? You know, how did you find yourself in this predicament? And some of the stories are longer and some are shorter. You can tell when people are lying. Sometimes you can't. They're playing the game very well. It's very well done. It's so, so entertaining. You can see that on YouTube. Um, this isn't a, a, what do you call that? An advertisement for them, obviously. But I'm just telling you where you can see it. They have over 100 episodes, full episodes on there. Some are really bad quality because they're older shows and they were recorded somewhere else. <laughs> and then it's still going on. And the more recent ones are, you know, HD and everything. So they're, they're really good. Well, through that show, I actually found out about a lot of comedians that I didn't know of or had been reintroduced to. There's one in particular named James A. Caster, who's um, a redheaded comedian. The reason I say that is because that's part of his shtick. Uh, he's very funny, very dry, and he's got a couple podcasts. He's been on so many of these quiz shows. There's a lot of these quiz shows. I'll go over more of them. But he also has a Netflix special, which is a four-part comedy special. Really funny. He's very entertaining. So what the show basically did was allowed me to, you know, be introduced to him. So I, I love stuff like that where you get to like find people. And then every once in a while, there's an actor that you've seen before. Um, there's a guy that was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's been in some other things. He was the Flea. I just can't think of his name right now. Very funny actor, tall, and um, I don't know why that's important. <laughs> but anyway, so you have that show. You have eight out of ten cats which is basically like a trivia show, but with comedians and entertainment people hosted by Jimmy Carr, who seems to be the go-to guy for most of these shows. <laughs> like if you need a host for a new show, Jimmy Carr is the guy. He's a comedian, well-dressed, very vulgar. <laughs> He's off color. Definitely can't recommend his comedy. I've watched most of it. And I, I laugh. It's very funny. He's very good at hecklers and, you know, containing them and coming back with rebuttals. Can't recommend it. But... He's very good with these game shows. And uh, he's got 8 out of 10 cats. He's got 8 out of 10, ten cats does Countdown. Uh, there's two different shows. So what they did was they took a well-known British TV show, kind of like a game show, um, but the only prize is a teapot if you win. <laughs> and uh, basically, you're fighting against the clock, a 30-second clock, against another player uh, to build words and to solve a math problem. It's very British. <laughs> it's, it's very intellectual. I've seen a couple episodes. 
they did a parody of it in another British show, which I'll get into later, called The IT Crowd. Very good show. It, it's a boring show. The, the, the original countdown. Still going on. It's been going on forever. Probably longer than Jeopardy. So it, basically what they do, there's two different parts to it, and they do it a few different times each, each episode or each show. Uh, they give you nine letters that are picked at random by the contestants. You know, uh, I'll take a consonant. Uh, I'll take a, a vowel, uh, another consonant, a, a vowel. And so they do that until they get nine letters. Then they have to rearrange those letters until they, the longest were possible using those nine letters. Only once per letter. You can't. Then they compete against the other person. Whoever comes up with the biggest letter or biggest word wins that round. And then they have a math problem where they take, I think it's, I think it's five numbers. And they take, usually it's like four smaller numbers and one larger number. And then basically they have to use those numbers to come up with another number that is given to them. That's a random number, 333. They have to use those five numbers to come up to 333. They use all of them. I think they get extra points. Uh, If not, I I don't know. I I don't know the real rules to that because the other version, which I watch, 8 out of 10 cats does Countdown. It brings these comedians and these entertainment people and makes it fun. And it's funny. I mean, some of these people know what they're doing. Others are just, you know, there for the laughs. And it's very entertaining. But you're taking, like, the content from 8 out of 10 cats and bringing it to a very serious show. Makes for a very funny program. Uh, so he's he's hosting that as well, Jimmy Carr. Uh, he also does, like, a roast battle, which I don't think is on anymore. But it's basically just two comedians and they roast each other. Big Fat Quiz of the Year. Uh, that is bring like three teams together with all these famous people, uh, sometimes people from America. And then I literally just told you, I think is a newer show. That's more of a game show. That actually is for money and it's bringing real life people in. It's not for entertainment purposes or not entertainment people. So the big difference between quiz show and game show, game show, there's prizes. It's normal people doing it. I'm saying normal. You know what I mean? And then quiz shows in the British sense are quiz shows for entertainment purposes only. They're really fun. And most of these things you can see on YouTube. So let's talk about, I hope you're, this isn't too boring. It's really entertaining. I don't understand how they are so good at this stuff. You know, how are they so good at entertainment? A lot of their humor is very dry. I mean, when I think, when I think good comedians, Honestly, if I picked like the top 10, not naming any, I think a lot of them come from Canada, honestly. But then you get introduced to people from Britain and, you know, it, it, it opens up a whole new world. It's a different type of comedy and, you know, the list changes for me. But I don't know. So before getting into British, you know what? Here's the thing. I remember growing up as a kid watching Comedy Central. They always had funny shows they always had stand up so that's when SNL was good and every once in a while they would have a special from somebody that's from SNL also on there they had some british television shows one very famous one that is famous now here in america is whose line is it anyway clive anderson who's a barrister which is a lawyer over in great britain went to comedy and was the host of that very funny guy and a lot of the guys that you see on the American version of Whose Lines It Anyway started over there. Like Ryan Stiles, uh, Colin Mockery, those guys were on the original. And I don't, I don't know how they were, you know, introduced to that. Because they weren't big here before they went over there. Uh, Colin Mockery, I think, is Canadian. They both, both might be Canadian, honestly. 
I have to look into that. Like, how did they become part of this British television show that wasn't filmed here? It was filmed over there. And they were on like every week. Greg Proops, who's a guy from Seattle. I know he's not Canadian. Um, anyway, it, so I watched that. Uh, I was introduced to The Office through Comedy Central. The original Office. Ricky Gervais created, starred in, which is now known as The Office UK because The Office is brought here by Ricky Gervais, not Steve Carell. Ricky Gervais is the one that brought it over because he wanted to... St- st- what's his name? Steve Merchant and Ricky Gervais. You know both of them. You've seen both of them. Steve Merchant, you probably haven't seen as much as Ricky Gervais, but both are very funny, very talented. They are like they have this like whole conglomerate going with comedy and movies that you've never even heard of and you've never even seen and you wouldn't even know if you're looking at it because they're just behind a lot of stuff and the office was theirs they brought that over here uh they wanted to basically i guess get a part of the the american money you know because hollywood has like hollywood spends a lot more money than i think like the bbc does Right. The people that are working for the BBC are getting nowhere near the money that people are getting in Hollywood. So I guess part of the British dream is having your your show or game show or quiz show adapted into American television because that's where the money is. And we eat it up. We honestly eat it up. We love all this stuff. And there's so many shows. There's hundreds of shows that we've taken that if you look at it, like one I didn't know about. That now I, I look at it, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Uh, Veep. Veep was not created here. It was created in Great Britain. I think it was called uh, The Thick of It. And it's the same kind of thing. It's a comedy based on government antics, you know, the behind the scenes stuff between um, senators and, and things like that. It's, it's the same concept, but it's not American. It's It was British first. And you have all of these reality shows, American Idol and... Um, I can't think of any other ones. <laughs> all these things, Mask Singer, all these things are all adaptations of British shows that are some, they just take the name and others, they, you know, adapt it a little bit. American Idol is obviously not American Idol there. It's Idol UK or something. Uh, Dancing in the Stars, that's another one. Dancing in the Stars is big here. It started over there. It's funny. Game shows. So you have, what, Millionaire started over there. Uh, what was that other one? with that lady who was actually on the British version, Weakest Link. That was all started over there. I think most people know those things, though. Top Gear. Top Gear, probably one of my favorite shows ever. The original was just three guys talking about cars, and they each guy had their own shtick. Like one was the serious, knew everything about cars, more like a professor than a, a, a presenter. The other, that was James May. The other one was younger, Richard Hammond, knew a lot about cars, could rebuild cars, but also was very accident prone and and kind of funny. And then the main guy, Jeremy Clarkson, very outgoing, hates manual labor, probably the man that carried the show because he's just so good with people. He's the one that talked to all the guests and he's the one that did a lot of the the narrating and everything because he had just a flair for talking. And he put these guys together and you give them like tasks to do, and then you have them try out new cars. I mean, a lot of car makers, when they're testing out a concept, would go to these guys to test them out. One, because the guys knew everything about cars and they can tell you everything they need to know. 
And two, they had the largest show, the largest show in the world, in the world. So if you're a car maker and you're just trying to make it or you want a new car out there, but you're not sure how people are going to take it, you put it on that show and let them do whatever they do to it. And then they have like, they had, I'll get into that in a minute. They have like challenges and stuff where they have to get like secondhand car. It has to be a Lotus or it has to be this. It has to be some kind of like, it has to fit into a frame and it has to only be this amount of money. And you had to, you'd go through challenges and which one was the best and, you know, who made the best car. You have one guy that's always getting Alfa Romeo and another guy that's always getting um, like a Cadillac if they come to America. They've done that a few times. Great show. A lot of fun. Very entertaining. And when they would when they would go overseas and do like big challenges, like where they're out there for like a week or something, those were probably my most favorite. The, the one that I go to all the time is... The one in, they were in the Amazon rainforest and they had to have secondhand four wheel drive cars. It had to be SUVs because they were going through the jungle. If I'm sick, usually I will just put that on because it's just very entertaining. And so they have those or they had those. And what I say had is because not long ago, a few years ago, Jeremy Clarkson, the main guy, could also be a hothead and got into a row with one of the producers and ended up punching him. Got fired, was later, right, the other two presenters, James May and Richard Hammond, were said, were said to have been offered the job to remain in Top Gear and then have some other presenter, but they stuck with Jeremy Clarkson because they would work together so well for so long. And then they got picked up by Amazon. And then they got Amazon money and obviously did a lot better. <laughs> and that opened up other shows and you know spinoffs and stuff like that i mean these guys make a lot of money they do very well um but basically top gear kind of just ended like they they brought brought in matt leblanc they had some other people that are very big famous people in great britain try to present it and try to carry it i don't think it's on anymore it might still be on but it was nowhere near as good nowhere near as entertaining and then so jeremy clarkson and the two other guys Went over to Amazon, started the Grand Tour, tried to do a little bit like they did before in the UK with Top Gear. Worked okay. The first season was a little lacking, but the the main show was basically two parts. You basically had all the car stuff, and then you had in audience where they had like, they would talk about car news and what's going on with car industry and stuff like that. That was okay. Like, it was fun in the UK. It wasn't that great when they brought it to Amazon. So... They weeded that out, and now it's just specials. Now they just go on these crazy adventures. And for the most part, they're really good. They're also kind of lacking because it's you know only an hour where some of these specials used to be two hours. And I don't know. Hopefully they, they pick it up. But it's also, these guys are in their 60s, you know. Anyway, that was my favorite show. Uh, Grand Tour is still good, but I, I do like going back to the episodes with them in Top Gear. So if you've never heard of that, Check them out. I, they used It used to be on Netflix. I'm not sure if it is anymore. The American version, which came out, I don't know, seven years ago, lasted a few seasons. Not great, honestly. It was mostly just uh, challenges. And you had Adam Ferrara, who's a comedian slash actor kind of from the 90s. You would recognize him. You saw him. He kind of looks like a, a younger Rob De Niro if he was hit in the face a lot. Uh, no offense, Adam Ferrara. Just it's like, uh, no, I don't forget it. And uh, like every challenge, he would pick like a Cadillac or a Lincoln, just a big boat. It's like, come on, man, 
<laughs> every single challenge you got to pick can't you like see outside the box could you have to be the stereotype of the brooklyn new yorker you really have to do or brooklyn italian new yorker just you really have to do that every time and yes he did and then you had rutledge wood and tanner faust tanner faust is for you rally car fans which probably none of my fans are <laughs> I don't think we the Venn diagram for us is is probably uh, non-existent. Basically, uh, rally car. If you think, um, yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's a really good car racer, <laughs> race car driver, and uh, he was like the, the the specialist. Like if you had a fast car, this is who you gave it to. And then you had Rutledge Wood, who I really liked. Very funny, tall guy, awkward. I think he went to NASCAR for presenting and stuff now, which good for him. That's very good because he's very knowledgeable. Like he he was the brain when it came to what was going on, but he was so goofy at the same time. Made him lovable and it was fun. I liked him. The show itself really didn't work. It honestly didn't. Like they for a very, very, very short time, they tried to mirror the prime of Top Gear when it was at its prime. Uh, it just didn't work. And then just basically went to challenges and got rid of everything else. Uh, there's some episodes that are okay, but uh, anyway. That's an example of when the American version of a British show falls apart. I don't recommend that one. Okay, so basically, when I was a kid, going back to that, Comedy Central had some of these shows. Trigger Happy TV was very funny. That that was out when I was in high school. That, if you've never seen it, uh, you might have seen a clip of a of a guy standing in a crowded square in Great Britain and pulls out a massive phone. Or he could be in a museum, somewhere where it's very awkward, like it has to be quiet, library, um, where people have to focus, you know, or where, where things need to be silent. In a, in a movie theater, a guy stand up with a massive phone that starts ringing, and he's, hello, hello, I'm in the mausoleum, you know, <laughs> very funny thing. And then they had... Uh, one where like this this guy or this woman or this couple were going through an alleyway and then all of a sudden a swarm of hundreds of people dressed up as animals come running through and chase them. <laughs> Very funny stuff. So you had stuff like that. You had Whose Lines It Anyway. You had The Office UK. You had stand-up specials. You had Trigger Happy TV. I was very happy. I mean, that was that was a nice little treat being able to be introduced into at a very minimal level very minimal level into british humor so later on when these things became bigger in america some of it was disappointing because i had seen what it was originally and i guess maybe my humor more fit that I, there are times when i'm very dry and people have no idea that i'm actually joking <laughs> to a fault it's it's my fault uh but you know anyway or is it their fault it's their fault right no it's my fault so I, I do like that, and uh, it's, it's, I find it very entertaining, and I think a lot of that goes into top, like top Gear, like the banter and stuff like that. I learned a lot of like different words that they use as like fillers and what they use to make fun of each other than we would hear. And then when I hear it like in a movie, like in a Guy Ritchie movie, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what they're saying, you know, and, and where some people might not. I'm not the only one that does this. I'm just saying. For me, it, it works. Speaking of Guy Ritchie, Guy Ritchie, like, his movies are very good. Uh, I remember t Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. The other one. <laughs> what was the other one? Uh, I'm blanking. 
I can't remember what it was. What is it? It's oh, it came out before Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels with Jason Statham. It was like the first movie that Jason Statham was in. He was basically uh, like a three card Monty guy. He was a he was a hustler, and I think I think the story is that he hustled. He either hustled Guy Ritchie or was friends with Guy Ritchie beforehand, and and now like they can't work can't not work together. And Jason Statham is one of the biggest people in in Hollywood now. Uh, what was the other movie? Brad Pitt was a boxer, had a Cockney accent, which was hilarious. A gypsy Cockney accent. It was, it was amazing. What is that movie? It's not Fight Club. <laughs> it's the British version. Is the Brit- oh, What was that? Uh, Guy Ritchie. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got to get this. This is going to kill me. Snatch. I don't know. I couldn't think of that. I couldn't think of that. Snatch. Hilarious movie. Can't recommend it. Can't recommend Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Unless you're an adult. Watch them. <laughs> Very good movies. But that was like the the beginning of this whole genre where you see one of his movies, you're like, that's a Guy Ritchie movie. The only one, Aladdin. And we'll forgive him for that. He just wanted to do something else. Do something different for his... He's got like five kids. He wanted to do something different. I get that. And he wanted to break into Disney. Which, honestly... Uh, that's where the money is, right? <laughs> so I, I'll give him a little bit. You know, that's fine. But latest movies that are really good, The Gentleman. Gentleman is fantastic. Again, can't recommend it. Has um, Lincoln Man. What's his name? Matthew McConaughey. Very good in that. And then Hugh Grant is fantastic in that. You have Charlie Hunnam. A very good movie. He uses a lot of the same people. But it's because they work very well together and they know him. That, I think that's like one of the ones that Jason Statham actually wasn't in other than Aladdin. But anyway, another one was Wrath of Man featuring Jason Statham as like the guy that goes out, out for vengeance. Uh, I love Guy Ritchie movies are fantastic. Oh, speaking of Sherlock. Oh, I haven't spoken of Sherlock yet. I did that in the upper, other episode. We'll get into Sherlock. But... He did Sherlock Holmes with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Great movies. I can't wait for the next one, whenever that might come out, if, if so, and when. I, I didn't realize how much I actually was already involved in British television before Top Gear came out. Before, well, I was, before I was introduced to Top Gear, it's been out. It was out for like twenty years, but now, it, like, you see all these shows. Uh, Netflix is heavily heavily influenced by british television and in fact they have a lot of series on there that are made in britain and by you know like bbc affiliated and stuff bbc is huge and i mean they have so many different sectors bbc one two three four and they all they all do something different but netflix has a bunch of shows there's one a lot of dramas they're very good at dramas they're really good at dramas it's amazing one, uh, Sherlock, obviously, we'll get into that in a second. There was another one, I think it was the the interview or the interrogate, I think it was interrogation room. Interrogation, whatever that the name of it is, I can't think of it right now. It was actually ad- adapted into different countries as well because it did, so, it did so well on Netflix. But the one that I saw first, and I think that's what it originated with, was the British version. And basically, it all takes place in two rooms. It's the interrogation room and the room behind the mirror, the two-way mirror. 
And that's that's basically it. And the whole time they're interviewing a suspect. And you are going on the same journey. Like you, you're hearing all the facts this, the, when they are. You're hearing on the answers to these things when they are. And you kind of go for the whole ride of like, is this person guilty or innocent? Very entertaining. It's not really a kid's show. None of these things that I've talked about so far are kid's shows. But it, it's it's very good. I, I enjoy it. So there's a ton of stuff on Netflix. At one point, The Office UK was on there. I think you can see it on there. Because Ricky Gervais has a contract with Netflix. He has a few different shows on there. A few of his movies are on there. I'm pretty sure you can see his stuff. His, his stand-up specials are on there. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you can see that. Sherlock used to be on there. I think it might still be. Sherlock was when the world was introduced to Benedict Cumberbatch, or stand-up snatch, and Martin Freeman. And Martin Freeman was actually in the original Office UK. So I knew of him way before this. Never heard of Benedict Cumberbatch until Sherlock. Gone to Sherlock, I think the second series, not the first. And the seasons over there are called series, for those of you that did not know. And and that's the other thing with British television. It's it's very odd. It, like They don't last forever, usually. They're called series, and the series are very short. Like The Office, I think, was six episodes per series. And there's only two series and then a Christmas special. And I think the Christmas special was probably like an hour, hour and a half. And that was it. Sherlock was the same thing. Sherlock, each series was only three episodes, hour and a half each. So it was like a mini movie each episode. And such a fantastic casting. Well shot. It got better as it went even, but it started off really well. I mean, the acting in there, James Moriarty, uh, what's his name? It's Andrew Scott. What a fantastic portrayal of a sinister, psycho, anti-hero or antithesis to Sherlock. Because Sherlock is basically an anti-hero. And what a great portrayal. That guy was fantastic in it. I loved it. Benedict Cumberbatch, very good at being just, you know, Sherlock in this portrayal. And even in the elementary um, show, um, the the American version of it, you know, he's almost autistic in a way, but he's not. It's just he's he's so genius and just so cut off from emotions. Like he just is not good with people. And Benedict Cumberbatch really portrayed that very well. He comes up as a complete jerk most of the time. And then but you like he just can't he can't his social skills are non-existent. And he's just in his head and he's just figuring out problems and everything is a problem and everything has to be figured out. Did it very well. And Martin Freeman was a great, great John Watson. Did a very good job. And then, of course, they they both went on to do other things and they both had said that they would do another Sherlock, but I don't think it's ever going to happen because to get the two of them into the same room together, unless it's for the same movie, uh, it, it's probably not going to happen. The the guy that played Mycroft, who is um, Sherlock Holmes' brother, who's supposed to be more brilliant than Sherlock, but in a different way, he was actually one of the, the writers and creators of it. And it was it's brilliant. It's a brilliant show. Definitely check it out if you can. I, I do think it's still on uh, Netflix. But that's that's great. And so the American version is elementary. And that's, what was that, six or seven seasons? And that was really good. That was a very well done show. But it, our episodes, and they basically went through like 
a real American series, a, a season, I should say, you know, 20 episodes or whatever it was a season. Just it's different here. I don't I don't know. I, I guess we want we want more. I, I don't know what it is, but they can do in Britain in three episodes what takes an entire series for us in 20 episodes in America. Usually it's it's crazy. It's insane. But yeah, I, I just something about British entertainment influences the world um, for other shows. It, it's just uh, very entertaining. If I had to pick, if I had to pick five shows that you should watch, if you've never seen them, I would say, I would say, Sherlock for sure, especially if you if you like. If you love Marvel and you love uh, Doctor Strange, you should definitely get into that. Uh, he was also, he was, um, what's his name? The dragon in The Hobbit. And Martin Freeman was The Hobbit. Uh, so you definitely got to check that out. I just saw it. <laughs> as you as you have may have heard last episode, I, I saw the entire series. Uh, I just can't remember the dragon's name. Why can't I remember his name? Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay, so Sherlock. Watch Sherlock. Watch Top Gear if you can. The older versions, part of the Grand Tour, do that. Not the newer, not the the American version. Don't do those. IT Crowd. IT Crowd. These aren't in any specific order. These are just as it is. IT Crowd is a very, very funny sitcom. Only three seasons with a fourth season that was basically just an hour and a half episode that was years later. Very entertaining. I love it. Check it out. And... Uh, basically gives you the <laughs> a wacky look at the world of IT people and it's it's outlandish and it's it's very fun. Uh let's see. So hmm okay, let's go for a quiz show. I would do two quiz shows. Honestly, because they're so much fun. Eight out of ten cats does countdown. Do that one. And the other one, honestly, I have to say what I lie to you. It's really well done. There are so few movies that I laugh out loud at anymore. I can't even remember the last one. I may have talked about it. I, I think there's something recently, and I think I've talked about it on this podcast at some point. But this TV show, almost every episode, I laugh out loud. And it's no joke. It Very funny interactions. I really like it. And just for that fact alone, just the fact that you're able to laugh out loud, it's totally worth it. It's very funny. God, You don't even need to necessarily know... British humor and understand it for the most part. I mean, my, I, I'm definitely into things like this more than my wife is. She does like James A. Castor. She's seen his comedy bits, his uh, stand-up specials, and she's seen clips of him on different shows. There's, there's a bunch of different of these different game shows. I didn't get into all of them or these quiz shows. I did, definitely did not even scratch the surface, but anyway, it, I'm getting too far out of there. So uh, yeah, Sherlock. IT crowd, Top Gear. You got to watch The Office UK. Watch The Office UK. You don't have to watch Top Gear unless you're really into cars, honestly. it's I find it very entertaining otherwise, but because it's just the antics that they go through. But I guess that would be, you know, it's pretty niche. So, yeah. I guess Top Gear, if you're a gearhead, if you like cars and stuff, or you like silly antics like that. Office UK, 8 out of 10 cats does countdown. It's got to be that version. 8 out of 10 cats is funny, but if you add the two together, it's really good. And then uh, What I Lie to You. And then as a special bonus, 
a podcast with James A. Caster. He's got a couple, and he, he's also in a few others, but he's got two that are his. Uh, one in particular that I'm talking about right now is called Off Menu. It's with a friend of his, another comedian, and this it's really really cool concept. It's really funny. Each episode is like anywhere between forty minutes to an hour, and they bring on a, a special guest who is in this magical restaurant that they host. James A. Caster is a magical genie who can get you whatever you want, whatever food you want from any period in time, from any place. It could even be, obviously he's not getting this, it's basically coming up with your perfect menu. It could be something that your grandmother made years ago and you've never had it since. And uh, basically it's an appetizer, it's um, or a starter as they call it, a main dish, side, a pudding, which is the dessert, and a drink very entertained they have a new comedian or uh, an actor or entertainment person every episode it's still going on now it's been out for a few years that would be my bonus british entertainment thing off menu with james a caster and the other guy <laughs> i can't think of the other guy's name right now uh and that's it yeah i i love it british entertainment as a whole for the most part i haven't seen everything i know there's stuff out there Tell me what if you are a, a British file, a British entertainment file. What what have you seen that I haven't mentioned? I've seen other things. I just these are the ones that stick out in my mind. And maybe I've seen it, maybe I haven't. But tell me what I should see. What is something out there that I should get involved in? Because a lot of the Netflix ones I haven't seen. I've only seen a couple. I've seen most of the Ricky Gervais ones. I haven't seen Afterlife. I know it's in what its third season now. I haven't seen any of those. I saw the first episode. And I wasn't looking forward to like the, it's more of a drama as I understand it. And then partly comedy only because of his dry humor and his, uh, just the way he acts, which I do like, but I just haven't really gone into it. Uh, I liked all his other stuff, but I, I haven't seen everything and I would like to see more. Uh, right now, like I said, I'm into in the background while I'm working, having the game show on, or if I'm, you know, late night. I can put that on. It's very funny. Would I lie to you? I haven't gone through all of them yet. They're still filming them, so I, I'm not even up to date. Like, I I haven't watched any of the newer ones. I'm just kind of going with, you know, beginning to now. Anyway, let me know. Go to nogreenings.com. Go to the comment section. Go onto Facebook at No Green Eggs Podcast. Or even send me a message on Instagram, No Green Eggs Podcast. And uh, I'd love to hear from you. I will answer more questions on a later episode. I did get a bunch of them. I'm um, sorry if I didn't get to yours, but I will. Uh, I do. I read everything that comes through. I really do. I honestly do. I, I don't I don't reply usually. Um, and that's just because of, I don't know, just protection. I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, don't send me any links to anything or pictures. Don't, you know, no attachments or anything because I'm not going to open them. That's just a, I'm a, I'm a techie. I'm a IT guy on the side. And uh, that's, you know. As I do for, I guess it's not really on the side. This is more on the side. <laughs> As a profession, I'm an IT guy. Very weary about uh, links and stuff. So anyway, let me know. Reach out. NoGreenAggs.com, comment section. NoGreenAggs podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you, everybody. See you, not see you. Mm-hmm.